Um, I remember uh, another activist saying this, that lesbians have it easier than trans. Right. Lesbians have easier than men. And they say, as long as you're a marginalized or you're vulnerable people, there is no more earning. We're all in that box, which is that you're treated different. This episode is a Sankofa circle within the Sankofa link of this podcast series. Join us in this concentric formation as I, alongside Sharice Talbert of Petal, guide us through the life cycle of the families in our movement, queer families specifically. Welcome to the Under the Sycamore Tree podcast. This episode, Families Live Here, features a conversation I had with Sharice in 2022. PETAL, Sharice's organization, stands for promoting empowerment through awareness for lesbian and bisexual women. They're based in Belize City and they're Belize's first LBQ organization. Their mission is to foster social, economic, and gender justice for women, especially lesbian and bisexual women. Sharice was the founding treasurer for Petal and is now the president of Petal's board of directors. We'll be discussing topics that some listeners may find triggering, including abortion, domestic violence, HIV AIDS, sexual reproductive health, mental health, and class. We understand that these topics can be difficult to hear about, and we want to remind our listeners that it's okay to take a break if you need to. We die up on the veranda. You die up on the veranda. Put me your heart out your mind. Cock up your foot. And make have a good time. So, make we start at the beginning, beginning. How do you even define family? And how do queer families come to be? What might be taken for granted in what we assume family can be? And what might that foreclose for our lives? So the episode is, is built up around a discussion of queer families. And, you know, the first thing that I'm actually going to ask is, what is your definition of family? Because I think that we have so many definitions of family. And I think that um, queer folks do a lot of work to expand that. Expand it beyond the way that people usually think of family. But then also some queer folks are, you know, fit inside of that original definition. So for us families, what, whomever is your support? So that, that leads me into the next question, which is, was this always your personal definition of family or did your definition of family shift over time? It shifted over time simply because just as we all are, we were never exactly here where we are. There are some things that, that were a part of us already, but we learned more, put away some bad habits too, and things like that. So it shifted over time because I thought that your family had to be biological. Yes. Yes. Right? And when I think of family, it's most of the time you get family, sibling, the father, grandfather, and um, first or second cousin, yeah. that's it, right? So, yes, it has shifted over time um, since the normalizing what we normalized for so long, right? 
Um, but yes, it has shaped me over time. I never always thought that um, family was or could be extended, could be blended, could be anything other than that. Do you hear what else is in Sharice's answer? There is no right answer to this. No answer that should be policed, whether by straight folks, queer folks, or anybody else for that matter. This also extends to how Sharice came to learn about her own sexuality. Coming into this knowledge for Sharice also came with the knowledge of how her sexuality impacts her family, the reality of this impact, the fact that the impact exists, that it happens doesn't mean it's a negative impact. Rather, it's a reflection of our interdependence, unearthing and composting the myth of the individual queer, separate, apart, and alone. I'm glad that you, you said denormalizing, right? Because I, I want us to, to go there. So, your organization is about promoting empowerment, awareness for lesbian and bisexual women. And unfortunately, when we think, not we, when some people think of LGBT people, when they think of lesbians and bisexual women, they don't put them in a family format. A lot of times, queer people, you're just imagined to think, right? But they're dating forever. How do queer families form? A person eat a something like that. How do a queer person end in a family? What is a queer family? How do queer families form? Over time, we realize that for persons, family, and 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 how they come about is just. Whomever that person is comfortable with or most comfortable with that they want to, if they already have children, share that space yeah. um, with that person to be a part of their lives, not just them, but their children's lives. And looking at that on a long-term basis as well, not just for the now, for the sake of things like that. But I want you to be the other person, not the man, not the father, because they already maybe have a father or a deadbeat father, or no father, because, you know, where you, this is this life. Lots of things happen. Some of them as well, it spawned out of having relationships that kind of went bad. And so they just want to explore another part of their sexuality and see if, in fact, this is something that they want. So I kind of have a little bias in that because I'm like, well, how can you just try, try? Yeah. It's not like, all right, Sandy's or how can you just try it? You know, it's not a flavor. Right. Um, right. But I, I've come to realize that people, a lot of persons that I've engaged that they have never thought about being in a relationship with another woman. Yeah. Even myself, in my younger self, I've always looked at women in a different way. Even though I have children, um, my son is 22, he's going to be 23 years old, and my daughter turned 19. And it's not that 
to say really, really and truly that I was pressured to have a boyfriend. I was pressured into, I noticed from an early age that I found women very appealing, not in terms of just looking at them and that they're pretty, in terms of I'm thinking things and I'm feeling things when I look at but I have this feeling with men, right? you know? And so when now, um, over time, we've learned, as well as some needs assessment, some of our sessions that we had with women, you've learned that to some extent, it would nearly see that person can try it and like it. Living through interdependence allows Sharice to strengthen her family. And by extension, or concept of queer families more generally. This includes being accountable to children. Focusing on queer families refracts our focus. Taking queer families seriously means that we need to more holistically understand how oppressions, regular oppressions, which we think we know, move. This takes us back to queer families deepening our fluency with social dynamics, equipping us with spatial, concentric, networked understandings of the reality of the interdependent lives we live. That's the amazing lesson that, you know, young people in Egypt and elsewhere in the world are beginning to take this different vision, uh, a vision of how we change governance. We've even seen it in places like Jamaica and in Guyana. The young people who are cross-sexual orientations have a vision of nationhood and of inclusion that surpasses um, the vision of their, their parents and grandparents. I love that you bring that up because as a woman, once you have a child, anything you do in after that, the child come in with you. So if you never had the opportunity to try a relationship with another woman before, then the picnic come in with you to try the relationship with the other woman. And yes, some people might like it. My partner and I have been together since my daughter was three months old. And so and she's more masculine presenting. So I she was growing up when she said that it was to that person because for her looking at it, it looks different from money. Yeah. So, you know, it's a dad. And then people say, you know what, who's your dad? And then she'd say the name and they're like, that's not your dad, that's another woman. Yeah. And she said, so I had to explain to her that you can have two mommies. You can have twice all the love you get from mommy. Imagine everything you get from mommy, you could get it times two. You know, you are, you have it better than these people as you get it times too yes but how do you how do you begin to explain this to us six year old all that and that thing of, of coming out and becoming visible and how even though it's a, a public secret everybody know uttering that for yourself takes on a different meaning it, it, it you know it. which inside of a family setting a parent coming out is kind of the family in a way. There is a way that the parent publicly acknowledging that they're queer. Do you find that that has an impact on the family? Do you find that for families where the parents are not visible, the experience is different 
for a family where one or both members of the the the, 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 the parental units are open about being queer. It's a bit of both because yeah. if you haven't shared this with your children or your child, then that child is more prone to a lot of bullying and things are occurring because they can't defend it. They can't speak to it because they don't. And um, maybe some of what said, because we know that children can be very hurtful and cruel too with, with what they would say. Absolutely. Um, and so we found that it's a pivot because some of the children do uh, uh, suffer more in terms of like the bullying. Is there just like a whole level of bullying that occurs now? When we were younger, you'd go home and you said somebody bullying you or your parents and said, don't come back here crying because they don't teach you to be a softy, right? Right. You still stand up and speak for yourselves and things like that. But um, children now have been, some of them have been taught a bit differently. And you cannot defend what you don't know. Children will always be fearful of their parents and so they won't say certain things. Even if that child kind of has figured out that this is what is occurring. You won't stand up to your mom and say, why you not just set up a lady? Or why you not just set up your decision? You won't do that, right? So it it is it, it, it is a bit about um where where it concerns them. And um it kinda is sad and frustrating because we cannot move forward in having things be better if we ourselves don't want to get in that uncomfortable seat at some point you know if if, if you've chosen that this is where you want to live then then you want to live this way and so if you've chosen that then i know it's going to take time and and you will do certain things but you can't not, not address at some point. And, and then you're being unfair to your child that has to constantly go through they, they, they bully, they ridicule his faces because you, you are uncomfortable. There's also the challenges that you face that now have nothing to do with being a part of a queer family, just the challenges of being in life. So I'm thinking now for you, your organization focuses on lesbian and bisexual women. So I want to ask you, in terms of employment equality in Belize, a lot of times I find that households that are headed by two women are more likely to experience poverty because of employment inequality, right? And I wanted to find out if that is something that you're experiencing in your context, that a two-woman household will have deprived of a lot of a lot of resources yes yes it is because a, a simple thing is a lot of the women-led households unfortunately it's persons that are making minimum wage yeah and so two people making minimum wage having four or five children with no father supporting um you know all these bills to pay, school, you know, keeping food on the table, the roof over the head. It, it, it's just, you know, as, 
as black people, Caribbean people, we say we, we rob Peter for PayPal. Yes. You know, you don't have that luxury of just spending it. I need to put some towards the next bill that's going to be due next week and, and things like that. And then the child comes home and says, Ma, you know, teacher said we have to bring this or if I'm not paying the school fees, I can't take the tennis up, you know. Um, so yes, two women households, they do still minimum wage and minimum wage in Belize is $3 and 33 cents um, an hour. So that's like less than, no, that's a US, a US $1.50 cents. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. And we're not talking about lavish. We're tra- talking about eating uh, chicken foot and rice, mm-hmm. or corned beef and rice, you know, or flat chicken and rice. Yes, and 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 you are not able to do that. And then a lot of persons don't own their own, mm-hmm. but things like that. It was important for this holistic approach to inform even the founding of Petal. It also governed Petal's approach to establishing a safe space. One of the the moments in queer life that's a rough moment is if somebody has to go to the hospital and it gets to the point where family only, family only can go into the room in Belize. Is just not allowed into that room. They can't go in. Because you're not recognized. The legislation states you're supposed to be man or woman, which is husband or wife. And that means that things like insurance, you can't trade for that. We still can't. So we've been, we've been speaking to the, the um, minister both previous and current where it concerns um the language because we found that the biggest problem is the language if the language would say person right and not specifically say man woman then you wouldn't have this issue because i remember us doing a forum around social security and the same thing same-sex homes not being able or, or not only sex, but homes that are not considered in the traditional mom and dad homes yes that you are not allotted um or afforded the benefits of that person even if that person were to leave on the line that says beneficiary i want carla if carla moore was not the husband or not the wife you won't get it because that comes from the legislation which I am um, which defines supposed to be a husband or a wife. A wife. And husband and wife is of course determined by biological sex. Uh-huh. As well on top of everything else. Exactly. So you're not able to anything because um what they told was it's not their fault. They're going with what the law says and the definition is is in that. So until the f- definition changes and says person, then they are supported by the law to continue yeah. acting in a way that is exclusive. 
um, I remember uh, another activist saying this, that lesbians have it easier than trans. Right. Lesbians have easier than gay men. And they say, as long as you're a marginalized or you're vulnerable people, yeah. there is no more or less. You're all in that box, which is that you're treated different. Yes. And we found that a lot of women, even within some within our membership, what we found is a lot of them were tend to be more bisexual. Mm -hmm. I recall us having a session and there was a, a person that was infected and she said to us, I is the base for lesbians and bisexuals. And I said, what's the issue with that? And she said, because she believes that lesbians should have their own space and bisexuals should have their own space. Right. So I wanted to get an understanding around why does she think that it requires two different spaces? Right. And so she went on to say, well, you know, uh, bisexuals aren't really lesbians because, you know, they from time to time in a metaphor with men. And so they are less. Yeah. Lesbian like. Right. Um, and so we realized at that point that there is a lot of stigmatization, discrimination that happens right within our community that we're serving. Yes. And how do we intend to address this? We can't just openly go at it and, and, and say, you know, do you believe that we should do this or do you believe that we should do that? We had to reevaluate because one of the things that we did before we started the organization went countrywide and engaged women to find out if it made sense to even form an organization for women. Mm -hmm. Because we didn't just want to go off what we were thinking that, well, there's none, so we should do something. We wanted for them to tell us that, yes, we want you to do that. And these are the types of things that you want us to to deal with one is the psychosocial support that can access and it's no charge to them and each person gets a minimum of six sessions oh wow unless the therapist knows that they need more um so that's kind of like biggest support that we're able to provide them with yeah. besides that it's just the space that we create for them those spaces for them to be themselves the the best you and we pride ourselves with our spaces why we are very picky and choose with the cons into that space because this is not you eat but you don't hear you don't like her. this is not that yeah. um when we move into this location that we have uh we don't call it our office it's called petal house. when you come in it's actually like a house because we want when you come in here that you feel like you're at home that you're comfortable enough that you sit there you know for the minutes before i see you that you know you're just comfortable you don't even realize that you were sitting there five because it's almost like you're not stressed out again because you're comfortable within this and you know that will share with us. Yeah. You will never hear it from somewhere else. 
Yeah. So we we pride ourselves with that, and and people will tell you that that they cannot say even when they come into our spaces, we engage every single person. It's not the parla parla. I will not start to just talking Kayanita. No, we engage every single person so that a person does not feel uncomfortable at it may be your first time engaging this space that we're providing. And so you don't know about us. You don't know us. You won't know what you heard. Maybe we put up a flyer and you saw something that piqued your interest. And so we want when you come into that space, you always have that same impression that we give you when we engage. Yeah. Yeah. As I said earlier, when we went around asking should we start an organization or not, there were a lot of concerns that came out of persons. They, some persons were like, are you going to be another one of so-and-so that just came and, and did a survey and then that all heard from you and then um, anytime you want something, then you come around and we never hear anything. We don't get invited to anything. We, you know, we can't reach you and we did not want that, mm-hmm. you know, because when you're when you're engaging people you don't know where they are at that point in their lives you know and you don't want to be or don't want to know that i'm like the straw that broke the camel's back yeah we don't ever want to conquer ourselves um in that position so when we engage friends you know if we're not able to provide the support we go to the extent of finding out where they can access the support that they need Organizations who are doing the work in the region also carry the additional responsibility to not certain people in the same way that they have been hurt and disappointed in the past. And I think for the queer community, that's one of the things that people carry. You know, you come in with survey. You're coming to ask for my opinion. You're coming to make price. And at the end of the day, I am in the same position before you take 40 minutes of my time. Like a politician. Like a regular politician, you know? And that responsibility to your community to understand that when you come and you ask them a question, there has to be an action behind question or they will begin to doubt you as well, you know, and that is going to affect your organization. In our context, we've had some successes, you know, Belize is one of those places where we've had some successes in terms of um, legal occurrences, but still more work that needs to be done to ensure that families are better included. There is. And when we think about the lifespan of a family, we're thinking about birth as in a new child entering that family. And then we're thinking about death inside of that family, you know, leaving a partner behind. What are some of the things that queer families are having to navigate in terms of that that part there, the start, the birth, a new child entering the family? How can we ensure that parents are represented, able to, you know, like care for them, pick me and, 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 and take their child as, as their own? 
And then also after that, death, when the family loses someone. Being in these sex unions and having children involved, whether they came into or you want to have a child, there is nothing in place to secure the light, the in-between bit. Yeah. Um, in terms of two women wanting to conceive a child would have to maybe go through some type of process with uh, uh, a male, which requires paperwork being drafted where that male signs all his um, duties, responsibilities, everything to the person. Or even if it's two males, you know, the other, the biologic person has to sign over all rests yeah. to that child. Yeah. And then there is all on only rights. It's up that the both of you will be seen as the parents legally either. Um, you don't have two mothers or two fathers on any birth certificate or anything like that. No. Well, it will... I'm not sure how it happens in the islands here. When you go to register a child, if the father accompanies you, then you get the father's last right. name. If not, you only get the mother's last name. Okay. Right? Yes. So, um, take for example myself. Talbert is not my father's name. That's my mother's name. Right? So, if right. only the mother goes to register the child, only the mother's name will go there, right? So, um, let's just say two mothers and maybe my child will be Talbert and the next person's last name, but those would be like me, you understand? Right. It, it's not not recognized in the same way as having that surname of, of, of the, the father, right? Uh, in terms of benefits, you won't be recognized that you have a... a, a a husband or you have a wife same sex yeah and so you go on and leave, will receive these things or um the other one will receive that leave as well because you both have a child or the child is sick and so you can't both get time off but no those things don't exist should one pass away as well if there was not a will drafted up that says that i want to leave to carla more x y and z it happen because the loss does not does not cover uh, same sex unions and anything that comes around sex. Yeah, right. There is no legislation to address that, and so it's kind of difficult because you do have someone that want to have children biologically. They don't want to adopt. They want to have children, but. You're concerned because you're not afforded all the amenities as heterosexual couples don't. Mm -hmm. So there, there, there is really anything um, other than, you know, within same-sex relationships, my partner and I have been in our relationship over 18 years. And so my daughter knows only that person, yeah. but uh, she's an adult now because she's 18. And though she can leave this to her should she choose and like that. But her being a younger child, uh, there wasn't anything that I would have been able to receive 
for her or for persons now there is nothing that you can receive from uh, there is for example this thing that when you give birth um this paper that they give you at the, the hospital and it says that you give birth to one light boy seven pounds whatever and that paper you take to the social security and there's uh i think 300 but you be like mm. right mm. and and the mother gets that and um if the mother is not working but the father is the father gets that so in the case of two mothers none of them would get that if if it's the other person working who is not the biological marker you know fair not going to extend in that way Lord, take the case and give me the pillow. We wish all you queer families out there peace and strength and guidance, particularly when you find yourself dealing with institutions. We've had where since COVID, we've done three needs assessments with our members to find out where they are. And they are still not where they need to be because when COVID came, some persons were out of work. Like a lot of them worked in tourism. So working, doing wait staff and things like that. Um, and when that two year, when that time came, you know, everything was closed yep. Yep. and they had no support. So you are in the hole here trying to dig yourself out yes. of a hole. How do you ever get out of the hole when, when what you're getting there, you're working like on call? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Today and Saturday, that's all the money that you're making. And then the bills just keep piling, piling, piling. So we've done three night needs assessment, which makes us know that they're still not where they need to be. Um, they're not, some of them are still not totally unemployed. But it's as good as unemployed because being on call and not being called other than one day or two days for the week can't pay the bills. We also had the pleasure of speaking with one of Petal's clients, Stephanie. Here she is speaking to our producer, David Moses, about her experiences as a queer woman in Belize and how Petal's specific approach to family informs how they tailor support for their clients and their community. Getting a lawyer for me, so that's a big help for me because I never had the money to to um, get a lawyer. I would have had to maybe just go and um, um, face face the things all by myself, right? And um, I um, I was home one day too, and. She's my friend, and she's the one that um, like introduced me to to Petal and tell me things that they could um, help me with and stuff like that. So it it been a big look for me, you know, um, having that kind of help and then um, like how I could build stuff and stuff like that. I try to help them building stuff for them you know so i feel happy that i could have be a part of this um organization right 
And if they help me, I help them. <laughs> they give me that support that I need in it, right? So I can't really, um, you know, saying that. When it works, sometimes I wouldn't expect that, um, I would really like go through this thing if it wasn't for them in a one sense, right? But it happens, so I can't blame a lot. And I'm interested to, to hear about how do you think the attitudes towards, um, queer women, lesbian and bisexual women have changed over the years in Belize? When I was like, when I first had my first girlfriend, I was scared because all of my friends, they had boyfriends, right? And I didn't want them to know that. So I've been hiding that for a while. No. <laughs> and, you know, I see um, men will, would fight with, with next men because they are gay and stuff like that. But now I'm not seeing that too much. Um, but still you have men that would, 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 would uh, allow um, the, the, the guys that is gay to be around with them, right? It's, um, it's changing because I guess, um, they see that we're, we're the same people, those that we have different, um, 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 what's the word to use? We have, um, Choices and we, we, we want to make our own choice of who we want to be with, so they shouldn't um, have um problem with that because we don't have problem with them, right? So, hey, we just have to keep keep the good fight. <laughs> Me personally, didn't went through too much um hardship with my um gainings, right. So, but you have people that struggles with it. But after they maybe um, go and be around the, the, the right type of people, which is like them, then they shouldn't have no problem. But because um, one time you had um, people that had problems with that type of thing, right? So, um, I... They, uh, I would just want them to be protected at all times so that um, nobody hurt them for what they um, want to do with their sex life. The life cycle of queer families from coming out to birth, death, rebirth, and regeneration, we connect this Sankofa chain back to the beginning to end this episode. How do you define family? And who is family to you, chosen or not? We hope you sit in this somatic alchemy sparked 
by considering queer families in our region meditating on interdependence. This episode was produced by Rebel Women Lit and Queerly Stated, with support from Astrea Lesbian Foundation for Justice, Equality Fund, and Global Affairs Canada. Research and writing by Jackie Brown, script editing and project management by Dave Ann Moses, editing and sound by Jorraine Patmore and Sophia Chenier, and outreach by Ashley Daly. Remember to head on over to the show notes to find the details of the organizers featured in our episode and rebelwomenlit.com for additional references. Thank you so much for joining me, your host, Carla Moore, under the sycamore tree.